Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. I'm going to kick off today by talking about the circular economy, given the release of our in-front branded report in this area earlier this week. The circular economy is one of those buzz phrases we are hearing everywhere at the moment, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone fully understands the principles. The natural association is recycling, which is integral to the process, but only makes up one of the four R's, the other being reduce, reuse and remanufacture. In a functioning circular economy, you have a closed-loop system where products and materials lose as little of their value or properties as possible. And unlike other decarbonisation strategies, this doesn't involve quantum leaps, just common sense at all levels, whether government, corporate or consumer. The traditional thought process regarding metals in the circular economy is that it is a clear negative, with increased recycling as a threat to market dynamics and certainly higher scrap recovery and reuse of metallic components will impinge on the need for virgin raw materials. But given the underlying demand pressures in many markets and the increasing challenges and costs in developing new projects, we actually see this process as imperative. Indeed, metals' ability to be recycled is their unique differentiator vis-a-vis energy or agricultural peers. And we see redesigns of traditional end uses will be to the net benefit of metals in terms of demand, whether in buildings or in packaging. We see circular behaviour as an opportunity to integrate metals and mining into downstream value chains in a way not seen in recent times, through partnerships and through technology transfer. I would strongly encourage you to read this note and I promise you will learn something from it. My colleague David Gagliano hosted a very successful US coal symposium this week. It's fair to say of all the commodities we cover, coal faces the greatest long-term demand pressure as the world decarbonises. But for now, it remains an important part of the energy mix across many jurisdictions, particularly when it comes to providing flexibility. I wanted to share some thoughts about the current situation following China's dramatic efforts recently to improve coal availability uh, amid the power crisis. Has Beijing been successful? Well, yes, certainly. In terms of stabilising the situation with the steady removal of restrictions in key provinces testament to this. However, to do so has involved taking a fair bit of a hit to growth and we don't expect a full recovery in heavy industries until Q2 next year. Longer term, we do see a fall in thermal coal trade and prices, but lower quality Indonesian coal is likely to take the biggest supply hit. For now, and for 2022, margins that incumbent suppliers are likely to remain strong. And just quickly in terms of Met coal, well, this has shown the first signs of easing spot prices in a number of months. However, it hasn't been the area of priority for the Chinese government. And as such, any price falls will lag those of thermal. In 2022, opening of the first meaningful China-Mongolia rail line will facilitate much higher shipment volumes. And as a result, we see no reason for the China import ban on Australian coal to be reversed. Spot iron ore prices have dropped to the lowest level in almost 18 months. And given this, I wanted to share latest thoughts in this market as well. And if we think of the wider backdrop of China demand concern, particularly around the property market and by association steel, pressure on iron ore is natural. You only have to look at excavator sales dropping 30% year on year in October for a measure of the construction sector slowdown. Iron ore is the most China-focused market after all, with 70% of contestable material consumed in China. And it's also a highly efficient market in that price has to allocate resource very quickly, given the inability to manage large inventory changes. 
If we put China's steel production decline in context, we've seen 200 million tonnes per annum of output lost versus the peak in April, which is roughly equivalent to 300 million tonnes annualised of iron ore demand. These are huge numbers, unprecedented numbers, and the recent build in port inventory in China suggests that we haven't yet removed enough iron ore from the market, even with Brazilian shipment weakness. However, there is some seasonality involved. We expect steel output to be ramping back up towards peak demand season at the end of Q1 2022, and thus, should we see further signs of broader support for the property sector in China, this may mark the cyclical low for iron ore, though the multi-year trend is still for further supply displacement. Lastly, this week saw China's sixth plenum, that's six out of seven held between party congress sessions. And in terms of history, it will be important. It marked the official start of the Xi era, cementing Xi Jinping's place in history and his influence on the future trajectory of policy in the world's second largest economy. For now, expect more continuity in terms of longer term policies with a distinct focus on reducing social inequality and income disparity, a mantra that's seen as crucial for Chinese stability. We expect another push for rural revitalisation, helping GDP light but land long provinces to become renewable energy hubs, selling power to more developed regions and thus allowing them to play economic catch-up. Indeed, 180 gigawatts of solar capacity additions are planned over the coming five years. In another area, the lack of land sales and the knock-on effect on local government finance has only reinforced that the funding model there needs to change and a property tax plays very well into many of President Xi's ideals and has already been piloted in various cities and this would allow more direct funding of local governments. Also, look for a further push in supply chain security strategies and in digital currency. The latter is a topic we'll cover in more detail in a future Metal Martyrs podcast and could be a major disruptor to the current Chinese commodity demand model. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening. And please do keep telling your friends, and even your enemies, to search for BMO Equity Research Metal Matters from their podcast provider of choice and hit subscribe. If you have any questions or suggestions, just get in touch directly. And please join me again to discuss more pertinent issues next time round. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at Colin dot hamilton at bmo.com to access our full disclosures please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure